All right, welcome into another episode of The Rant, guys. I'm going to cover some interesting stuff. This is not entirely football-related. I will I will go back into some more football later. But really, what I want to talk about is um, right before I left, there was a whole bunch of NBA uh, craziness that happened. And um, obviously, I've been gone. The NBA season has been rolling forward. But what we have seen right now is that the NBA's TV ratings – are historically down. I mean, just god awful down. Uh, the NBA's TV uh, rating so far is down twenty three percent on ESPN. Um, I'm sorry, twenty three percent on TNT, twenty percent on ESPN. RSN's down thirteen percent. And um, if you look, it's almost down everywhere. I mean, uh, even only there's like two. There's two places that have a, a rise. In, in their viewership, and that's locally. That's uh, the Magic have a plus one hundred twenty five percent, and then the Hawks have a plus forty three percent based on the last year's. Everything else is down. Uh, Washington is down fifty seven percent. The rating for the Warriors is down fifty one percent in the Bay Area, and the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers are down thirty five percent. This is a historic crash in the NBA, and. And everyone is freaking out about it. I mean, you got people so far as defending the NBA, saying that this is the exact same thing that happened with the NFL. And when their ratings were down, it spoke back up. But really what this is bringing me to judge is when you look at this historically, when the NFL had their moment of ratings down, it had to do with political nonsense, right? It was things that drove the casual fan away. Again. Let me say this one more time for everyone out there. These are things that drive the casual fan away. The casual fan does not care about politics and sports. The casual fan does not care about what agenda you're pushing because if it bothers them, they won't watch it anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying? The casual fan is what pays dividends. It's what makes sports money. The casual fan. I've only been on record saying this a thousand times. The casual fan is what puts money in the pockets of every sports business in America. If you cannot entice the casual fan to watch your program, you will lose money. What happened in the NFL four years ago when the Colin Kaepernick controversy caused people to say, I don't want to watch the sport because of Colin Kaepernick, or I don't want to watch that sport because of what the NFL did to Colin Kaepernick, they lost casual fans. That doesn't mean that me, you, whoever who watch football, rain or shine, whoever's on, if the ratings are terrible, if the teams are terrible, if the teams are amazing, if the games are shitty, if they're great, we watch it. We are not the norm, ladies and gentlemen. You listening to this show at home, you're probably not the norm. You aren't. Casual fans don't listen to sports radio. Casual fans don't pay attention to what drives the meter in the realm of sports. They just don't. But what they do do is make up an entire big segment of the population who watches and listens to what happens out there in the realm, right? The casual fans are people that watch the playoffs, people that watch the Super Bowl, people that watch the NBA playoffs, people that watch the finals. These are important aspects. And they don't care about the regular mundane things. And if little things like that happen where a league becomes uber woke 
or they start doing things that drive away fans, that's what happens. We watched it with the NFL. When the NFL went through its phase of this is a, this is a bad you know the bad mark on the on the NFL, whether you uh, you supported it or not. Again, I'm on record saying I 100% agree that at the at the at what the juncture they were at, Colin Kaepernick did exactly what he was allowed to do underneath like you know the laws that we live in in this country and the rules that he plays in in the league. Does he have to reap the benefits of what he does on the field because the NFL is a business? And if you make the NFL lose money because it's a business, that there are consequences for your actions? Yes, 100%. If you went into your workplace, and I've said this a thousand times, and you stood on a desk and you started preaching about how the country's terrible and it's oppressing people, and I don't want to work for this company anymore because it doesn't help uh, you know, the oppressed people, Right, the company's probably going to fire you after you do it a few times because they're going to be like, "This guy is crazy. Why is he in here every day disrupting the workplace? We're just trying to, to do work. We're just trying to make money." That's what happened, ladies and gentlemen. He disrupted the workplace. He caused them the lucrative business of the NFL to lose ratings, to lose money, and therefore the squeaky wheel got grease, and the grease was he slid his way out of town, and he still hasn't been able to get a job. One, because he's not a good quarterback, and two, because he's too big of a media presence to get a job. I'm not going to go back down this rabbit hole that I always end up going back down. Anyway, we're watching the same thing happen in the NFL right now. Right now. Like I said, ratings are down statistically, terribly down. And, and, the like ESPN, who is banging the drum for the NBA. In fact, ESPN drastically overpaid for the NBA, like the rights to show NBA. So it only heaps the praises, and it's very transparent, right? Which is why when all that stuff went down that I talked about earlier before I left, about the, the China controversy of the NBA, right? The ESPN just kept pushing the agenda of the NBA because they overpaid for the rights to show lots of games. And that's what they, like, they thought, based on their comparisons when they bought the NBA, that they were going to make more money than they would if the NFL. They were horribly wrong. And now they have to live with the consequences. Ratings are down. It's costing them money. But if you watch ESPN right now, you will see about how much the, the media reacted when... The NFL was in the same situation right now. Everyone thought, is this the end of the NFL? Really, there are tons of posts where it says right here, I, I'm just reading a list of, of posts. Um, like Bamani Jones says, uh, is it time to panic for the NFL? Uh, is basketball trending to become America's favorite sport? Jalen and Jacoby two years ago. Is the NBA on track to surpass the NFL uh, on first take one year ago? Uh Pool, uh, J.D. Power Pool says uh, national anthem protests affects NFL viewership. We all know that, that that these are all things. These are literally all ESPN heads, all ESPN takes that are talking about how the NFL was never going to rebound for what are. Yeah, the NFL was never going to rebound from what happened, what what transpired. They were losing ratings, and now it, it could be more false. The NBA rate, our NFL ratings are up, profits are up. They're making billions and billions of dollars, and that's what I want everyone to notice. The reason that ESPN is attacking the NFL 
and over-evaluating the NBA is because their general stock and all of their money is placed inside the NBA. So when the NBA does bad, they want to point the finger and say, well, remember this happened to the NFL. Remember, this is fine. Everyone don't panic, right? Even though they were the ones panicking about the NFL failing, right? They wanted it to. They wanted the end. They wanted the NBA to be the, the big brother, not the little brother. It, but it never happened. The NFL is too popular. But what I'm saying is, right, what, when the NBA bent the knee to China in, in, the, in the recent, recent past, right, just a couple months ago, when that whole thing transpired, it put, a lot, it put a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, including mine. And I'm sure, again, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but I'm sure there was, there's a lot of protests. I mean, right now, Hong Kong is, is, is begging for America's help. They've been marching up and down with American flags, asking America to side. Donald Trump signed that um, that bill to try to get uh, America to side with Hong Kong, right? It's, it's, a, it's a major issue right now. It really is. And I believe that if you're, a, a, you know, you call yourself an American and you support democracy, that you would probably stand with the people of Hong Kong. I would hope to God. And, we, and I don't want to re- talk about these issues. If you want to listen to those podcasts, go ahead. You'll find them. They're 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 very they're pretty much uh, more of my recent ones. Go ahead and listen to it. You can hear my opinion on it. I don't need to to bash it over the head of you again. But what is happening is, so Clay Travis, another guy I really like in radio, he says uh, the NBA is is Twitter's golden child, but it's tanking after it bent the knee to China, right? And the NFL never had this bad of a year in its history that that the NBA is having right now. And if you think that that it doesn't have, you know, that it doesn't have anything to do with with what happened, you're you'd be you'd be a hundred percent mistaken, right? But this is what's happening, right? And and I think there's there's lots of faults, right? You could say player empowerment, right? The fact that players are are basically controlling the league, right? That they can just be like, I'm gonna take a time off, I'm gonna rest. I'm on load management. I mean, these are things, these are words and, and triggers that the American people, the, the the people that just watched, again, the casual fan, because I call myself, and I can speak for the casual fan in the NBA, not the NFL, but in the NBA. I have not watched a single NBA game this season. I haven't watched one. And honestly, I don't care. I might watch the playoffs, maybe, if it's on, but I'm a casual fan. I just watch it occasionally. But I haven't watched a single, single game this week, this year. And you can be different. You could be a big super fan, a big Lakers fan, big whatever fan. You can watch all the games. That's your right. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your time or money. Whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you right now as a casual fan, what happened with the whole China shit pissed me off personally. And and, and what little respect I had for the NBA as a league in general was pretty much lost. Just like that. So I'm not really you know keen to watch a bunch of games. Right? And then this league... That constantly makes moves, right, for player empowerment, uh, you know, claims to have the, the smartest uh, commissioner in the history of the league who outlaws the word owner because it's racially sensitive, who moves games from certain locations for helping, you know, the transgender movement, blah, whatever you want to go down that path, that's fine. But guess what? It's 100% backfiring. It's making people not want to watch. Because guess what? People watch sports to get away from politics. 100% they do because it's jammed down our throats on a regular basis. And if you can't, you know, stomach watching the news right now, that's all they talk about. 
So all they talk about is politics because we're right in the heat of an election year, right? This year coming up, 2020, is an election year. We're going to get rammed down the throats with politics. People watch sports so they don't have to deal with that crap on a regular daily basis. In my personal opinion, and the ratings would reflect that. Because sports are more watched than the news. That's just fact. So when you try to force feed me a political agenda or you force feed me what you believe to be the right way to do things while I'm trying to watch just a sporting event, you've lost me. And apparently, you've lost a good portion of the American public because ratings are historically down for the NBA. It's the worst ratings they've had in years. Again, and it's just it's just one thing after another. If it's not the political stuff, it's the player empowerment. It's the players taking control of the league. It's the players saying, well, I'm on load management, so I'm not going to play this week. So the people that work really hard to get tickets to expensive games go to a game to see their favorite player play, and he's not playing because he decided to sit out. So explain to me how that makes me want to go watch more basketball because there could be a time where I get tickets and go see a game and I really, really want to see LeBron James play or I really, really want to see James Harden play or I really, really, really want to see Steph Curry play. I go there and get to the stadium, pay 100 bucks plus another person, bring around a friend, a girlfriend, a son, a, a daughter, a grandpa, a grandpa, father, mother, brother, whoever, go down there, sit in the stadium, and we don't even get to see our favorite player play the game because they told the team they're not playing today, load management. That's crazy. That's ludicrous. That makes me not want to spend any money. That makes me just want to watch it on TV, if that. And it probably not at all, because guess what? There's a bunch of games, and if you miss one, it's not really a big deal, because really, it doesn't really get exciting until about March. So no wonder the ratings are down. When you compile up all the evidence, when you stack it all up and you say, wow, you know what? There's, there's just not, not a lot for me to offer with this right now. Sure, there's, there's, there's people playing, there's superstars and all that, but you know what? I just let, watched a bunch of superstars tell me two months ago that I was wrong for my beliefs on democracy. And that they told me, LeBron James, one of them, the one probably the biggest superstar in the NBA, told everyone on national television that I and Daniel Morey, who's a graduate of MIT, don't know enough about the political scenario that's going on in Hong Kong and that we should just keep our mouth shut and not pay attention to it. And that's what we have to deal with. These are the consequences. When you say things in this regard and when you call basically the general public of America dumb, for not knowing what democracy is, and you make an ass out of yourself, and then you, the commissioner of the NBA, make an ass out of yourself by siding with a communist dictatorship on top of letting players run rampant of your league, letting people move constantly, letting teams, all-star players, just move willy-nilly to create super teams or super duos or whatever we have now, and then on top of that, allow them to decide when they want to play and what games they want to take rest at, is ridiculous. And this is why the NBA will always be second fiddle, if not third fiddle, when it comes to the NFL uh, or the overall picture of American sports. The NFL is always top dog. And the ratings right now for the NFL are up, are up more than they've been any other year. You want to know why? One word that I've said constantly over and over and over again. The one reason that the NFL's ratings are up tenfold than they've been in the last few years is is because of one thing and one thing only, 
and that is the fact that there is everything has parity in the NFL. There are teams winning right now that have been terrible in years before. You have San Francisco, who was was a mediocre team with injuries, and now they've only lost one game or two games after they lost to the Ravens. You have the Ravens, who were were in shambles, right? Didn't have a quarterback. Now Lamar Jackson is, is the talk of the league. You have teams that have a bunch of young quarterbacks up and coming, like the Bills. The Bills were a terrible laughing stock of the league for a long time, couldn't get past the Patriots. All of a sudden, now they're in the playoffs and statistically still have a chance to win the AFC North or the AFC uh, East. These are why, these are the things that make up the reason why nobody cares about the NBA. The casual fan doesn't care about the NBA. Games are more important than the NFL. There's only 16 of them. The parity exists. Teams that have been trash are now good. Teams that are good are now bad. Coaches are hired and fired. People's jobs are on the line. Games are exciting. And the NBA bows down to communist dictatorships. It doesn't control its players. And it wants to be woke. It wants to tell you how to live your political life while it tries to show you sports. The NFL did the smartest thing it ever did in its whole life. It realized that it's all about making money. And it doesn't care about your personal politics. Nor should it. This is America. No company or entity that's in the business of making money should care about your political agenda. It shouldn't. Now, does that mean they get to say whatever they want to say and be racist or bigots? Or No, absolutely not. But what it means is they don't care about what you personally think about so-and-so's political agenda. They only care about making money. And if you get in the way of them making money, they figure out a way to get rid of the problem to make more money. And the NFL is the king of that, and the NBA are losers. because And they will continue to lose if they continue to go down this path of allowing the players, okay, the employees, to basically grab the reins of the organization and drag it any which direction they choose. That's why the NBA will never be as money-making as the NFL. They live in this facade world where the employees can run the organization. And that's not how it works. Okay? Owners own the teams that make up the league. You, as a player, work for them. And that's the way it has to be. And, and I don't understand why we live in a society right now that gets mad when you say those words. These are millionaires complaining about billionaires. At the end of the day, you're still rich. At the end of the day, you're playing a child's game for money. At the end of the day, it makes a lot of money and gives lots of people jobs. In fact, I've been on record stating that, again, we, we sit here and we want to talk about the NFL and, and people complain that it's not as woke as the NBA, yet the NBA has given more African-Americans jobs than probably any corporation ever in, in America. Think about it. There's 53 active people on a roster, not counting practice squads. There's 32 teams. The majority of people in the NFL are African-American. Do the math. Not counting coaches. Not counting staff. Not counting team officials. Not counting scouting department. Not counting. The list goes on and on and on. Again, they, the NFL has single-handedly made more 
millionaires for African-Americans than probably any corporation ever in existence. Yet we treat it as it's its second fiddle because it's not as woke, quote unquote, as the NBA. Well, newsflash, I'm sorry, but woke doesn't make money. And the NBA, okay, should follow the NFL model and go, we're a business. We're about making money. But they don't. And that's why the ratings are trash. And they will continue to plummet. Because the casual fan, again, the casual fan, only wants to watch sports if it's good and if it's interesting and if they have time. If you spin the whirlwind and add a bunch of bullshit stories that no one cares about that aren't sports-related to your overall plot of what you're trying to force-feed us on television, we're just going to flick the dial. We're just going to flip the dial and put something else on. But the good thing about the NFL is games are limited, games are exciting, there's parity in the league, the league is about making money and giving you the best product. And that's what they do. The salary cap, the, the limited player control of the league, that's what makes the NFL so great. And that's why it will continue to dominate. And the NBA will always be second or third fiddle. Just will. Anyway, moving on to some other news. Ron Rivera was fired today as uh, head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I believe they're 0-4 in their last four games and that he got the axe. And they had named one of their internal coaches uh, the interim head coach until they can make a, a deciding factor uh, on that position, I would assume, in the offseason. Carolina has a lot of interesting things to go about. I thought... Uh, I thought Kyle Allen was for real. He's struggled. Cam Newton, I still don't think he's the guy. I think they need to need to go to find something at the quarterback position. Um, McCaffrey might be the best player in football. He's unbelievable. I think he'll continue to be unbelievable. Uh, they just need some more pieces around that team. And whether you can trade Cam Newton and get some more pieces, uh, whether maybe you go after like a Jason Garrett, offensive guru guy, and get him thinking about how he can get the ball to McCaffrey and the weapons on the outside uh, because I think Jason Garrett's uh, time is numbered in Dallas. I believe uh, they said today uh, when they asked Jerry Jones about that situation, Jerry Jones said that he believes Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next year. Hence meeting, he won't be coaching for Dallas, but he'll be coaching in the NFL next year, which is probably a pretty good bet considering Jason Garrett is a pretty good offensive coach. I don't know if he's worthy of a head coach position. He might be targeted as an offensive coordinator somewhere else, but he can't. He's obviously had a pretty, uh, pretty, uh, you know, bad luck at things going forward in Dallas. He's had a lot of talent and he's underachieved, and I don't think it's necessarily his fault. We can go in a whole nother episode later about this, the absolute um, in shambles the uh, the NFC East is right now with uh, basically Dallas sitting at 500 uh, in in position to win that division as uh, between them and Philly, it's a toss-up. They're both terrible, terrible teams. They struggled a lot. And um, one of them is going to get a playoff spot and one of them is going to get a home field game in the playoffs. Uh, so that'll be an interesting division to cover. Uh, we'll go through that into the future uh, later. Uh, it'll be a good, uh, probably full episode talking about the dynamic that's happening in Dallas, how Jerry Jones is really the problem there, but he will he will never fire himself. 
he will never let himself go to be the player or to be uh, just the owner, not the general manager, because what he is doing is, is crippling that organization. And um, I'm sure the people in Dallas can attest to that, watching a team constantly, constantly have all the talent and underachieve because he just likes to put his little fingers on everything instead of just letting people coach. Okay, good owners in this league, like Robert Kraft, like uh, Art Rooney, like the people who have been successful in this organization uh, in the NFL for a long time, owners that have respect in this league, that have won championships. They hire people to do the jobs. They don't do the jobs themselves. Jerry Jones thinks he's the smartest guy to ever work in football. Newsflash, Jerry, you just aren't. And you're just not cut out to be the general manager of the team. You keep butting in to what the direction that, honestly, the Cowboys need to go at, and he keeps muddling around and moving parts and telling people what to do and how to do it. And it's always going to fail. It just always is. Anyway, we'll go back into that conversation probably later this week. We'll preview some of the matchups I want to talk about um, going forward. So I'll pull up uh, some of the interesting matchups. Again, I think uh, a big game this weekend is uh, is Bills-Ravens. That'll be an exciting game. Uh, we had a great Monday night game last night, which was exciting to watch if, uh, if you didn't get a chance. Uh, the Vikings had an opportunity, but uh, ultimately they had some people go down with injury, and Kirk Cousins again becomes winless on Monday night. He's now 0-8 on Monday night. Uh, I still think the Vikings are in good shape. I think the Vikings could still have a chance to win their division. Uh, I, I'm not sold on Green Bay just yet. I know that they, they show sparks and flashes of, of good games, but we'll see moving forward. So, games on Sunday. We are Thursday night game first. We got Cowboys-Bears. I'll preview that uh, maybe tomorrow a little bit. We'll talk about that. Again, that's kind of a toss-up because both those teams have underachieved this year. You got Colts, Bucks. You got Ravens, Bills. That's the game that I'm most interested to watch. It's got a lot of playoff um, implications. Where if the Bills can beat the Ravens, that advances uh, the Patriots. If they also win, that advances uh, Patriots to to the top spot in the division or in the AFC and in the conference. If the Bills lose, that helps the Steelers. As if they were to win, they would maybe advance to the fifth seed. Uh, Ravens, if they win, solidify their pretty much their chances at the top of the AFC for uh, playoff standings. So, good game to watch. Should be a good game. We have uh, two young quarterbacks, two guys that are uh, run the football a lot. Uh, should be fun to see. Uh, we have Lions-Vikings. Again, that's an important game for the Vikings. They need that win. Packers-Redskins. Uh, Packers need that win as well. You got Texans-Broncos. Uh, Texans need that win to stay relevant in their division. You probably have uh, the best game of the week. Uh, again, it's a 1 o'clock game. I'm not sure why I don't, they don't flex some of these games. It's really annoying uh, that these games are not flexed. But Niners at the Saints, both those teams are 10-1. and one. Both those are, um, yeah, or no, 10-2? Yeah, 10-2. and two. Uh, Again, good, good game. Both of those teams want that win. The Niners... Uh, need that win, I would say, more than the Saints do just because the Seahawks won last night 
And if the Niners want to keep uh, one step ahead of the Hawks uh, for that division in the NFC West, uh, a win on the road in New Orleans is going to be a tough game for them, but that'll be probably the game of the week. We're definitely going to want to watch that one. We'll preview that one a little bit later. You got Bengals-Browns. That game's probably going to be a stink fest. Probably not going to watch it. Both those teams are practically out of it. Again, same thing with uh, Panthers at Falcons. And you got Dolphins at Jets. Another crappy game. Chargers at Jaguars. Crappy game. Then you got the 4 o'clock game. A must-watch game. This is Chiefs at the Patriots. This game also has AFC playoff, um, uh, you know, this this game affects the AFC playoff uh, look and how the seeding will be affected. Implicate playoff implications is the word I was really looking for. Again, that game, uh, it's Chiefs at at the Patriots at uh, four four o'clock for you people on the East Coast. Four twenty five start. Uh, the Patriots offense has been really bad. We'll preview that game later in the week. We'll see if uh, the Chiefs can rebound and get on the track as they did against Oakland. You got Titans Raiders. That game also has playoff implications for the Titans. You got Steelers Cardinals. Steelers need to win against the Cardinals to stay alive. Seahawks Rams. That's another interdivisional matchup on Sunday night. And then the Monday night game is pretty much a stinker. Giants Eagles. But the Eagles need that win in order to stay relevant in the playoff hunt. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, for listening to another episode. I will continue to uh, preview all the NFL upcoming games this week uh, moving forward. So uh, look forward to that. Again, follow the podcast on um, Instagram at the rant with Eli. You can follow me on Twitter at the rant Eli, or you can email me at the rant Eli at gmail.com. Ask me questions. Uh, let me know what you guys think about the episode. So please share all the episodes, friends, families, cousins, uncles, dogs, uh, cats, whoever. Uh, please follow me on the social medias. Continue to share the podcast. Thanks a lot for listening, guys, and I will see you when I see you.